0: Raging Cajun Nation to stand up with us. Stand up with us. Let's lock hand in hand. And let's walk through the gates of Omaha. Hey, I love y'all boys. Let's grind every day
1: starting today. Yes, let's do it. Y'all ready? Alarm! Alarm! Alar. Ready! Who's your team ready?
2: ready. Who's your team ready? ready. That's got one thing to say right here. Cajun win! Yeah.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Razor Review Podcast. Apologize off the top. I'm feeling the best. So a little nasally, but uh we'll get through it. Nick and Jerry are with me. I don't really know where to start. So I'll kick it to the most optimistic in the group to start us off. Jerry, why don't you start it off, bud? Uh that was horrific. That was terrible. Um I mean, I can I Ooh,
4: mean, sure. was,
5: look, I, I know I'm the optimistic one, but to to start off that slow um, to just we we just looked out coached. We looked out class. We look just it just wasn't our game tonight. Um, And I understand you had the short week, but so did Southern Miss. And they were able to find ways to win these last two weeks against teams that we've dominated in the past. You know, whether it's Arkansas State or Texas State, I mean, we've we've it seems like we play better football these last two games than them. So, going in, I assume that we just had the momentum. We had a better team, and Southern Miss looked like the team of the Southern Miss of the 90s that I feared. But, you know, just to say, just to mention a few things, if you want to go win on the road in a short week, you can't get an early turnover on downs when you get an early interception. You can't miss field goals, you can't throw interceptions. You can't miss point after touchdowns. And by the way, we missed two because we got the extra point blocked and that, that missed two-point conversion. When you get the ball in the second half to get momentum back, you can't fumble the football as you're driving down the field into Southern Miss territory. And then late in the game, you can't you can't get a turn, another turnover on downs when you're in the red zone or when you're inside their 10-yard their, their line. I mean, if you look at the points, uh, we left anywhere between 14 to 26 points off the board tonight. We turned the ball over four times. Um, I mean, you're you're not going to beat FCS competition like that, let alone Southern Miss. And look, give credit to Southern Miss; they came to play. Their defense was was stout, like we had we had known going in. And I mean, the first half, their offense. I mean, Will Hall had it came in with a, ga- a great game plan. So, as much as this hurts to lose to them, I have to give them credit too. They played a great game, but too many self-inflicted wounds for us. Um, by far the worst game we've played this year. So. Uh, had to get off that. Had to get that off my chest. Just not a good game.
6: Yeah, I will. Uh, I will agree with what you said. You can't give up 29 points through the second quarter, and and think that you're gonna have any chance of winning. Still, somehow, despite all you said, Jerry, we had a chance to win with two minutes left on the clock. Like that in itself was unbelievable. Uh, I think the difference. Well, one, like you said. First play of the game, we get we get a, a turnover, and then we go and, and go four and out. Like d- didn't even look competitive in that first drive that we had. Um play calling was questionable at some points in the game. And look, Southern Miss looked like they wanted to win the game. And and we looked Southern Miss looked like they were God, how do I say this without sounding like an a-hole? They Southern looked Miss- a st- they, they looked a step faster. Well, no. W- well, no. I mean, I- what I was gonna say is, is Southern Miss look like? Fr- okay, let's let's pretend this is Friday Night Lights. They look like they they're Permian Basin coming out wanting to to kick our ass, and we showed up like we're Vanderbilt, like oh we're just gonna come out and we're gonna outclass them. Like there was no motor. There was no. It, it didn't seem like we had emotion on the field. It didn't seem like we had anything to. I don't know. It, it was just weird. Like like Southern Miss looked like they wanted to win the game when they got there. The atmosphere, the fans, they were into it. They were doing this stupid little dance on the sideline, which I hate, by the way. I don't care if we do it. Who does it? I think it's dumb. But anyway, they were doing their little dance. They're getting hyped up there. You know, after every big play, they're showboating and all that good stuff. But then we just didn't look like we really wanted to be there. And then we go three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Well, actually four and out, then three and out, three and out, three and out. Three and out and nothing, no motion, nothing, just business as usual. So again, when you give up 29 points through the mid second quarter, I mean, what do you expect to happen? That's that's really hard to come back from. So credit to them for being pumped up, but um, their defense was was good. Their defense was really good. Our defense in that first, I, I don't know what that was the first, quarter and a half man I mean we're getting beat on simple play like it's hard for me to even put it in words because I'm just I'm flabbergasted by what happened in the first half tonight second half I thought we made some really good defensive adjustments but again on offense we made some plays and we were still in it but then we go and we turn the ball over and all this stupid stuff
3: it was just hard to watch the whole game hard to watch how good was their defense though We outgained them by over 100 yards. We moved the ball up and down the field at will. And we continually shot ourselves in the foot. So how good was their defense? First of all, the play calling all night long, but especially inside the red zone, continues to be the most maddening thing about this team. And I I don't... People keep bringing up the fact that we have a weapon on the sideline, like Lance LeJondra... And one day I'll figure out how to say his name. We don't use him at all. Meanwhile, we just watch Frank Gore basically beat us by himself. It's amazing how we can't get creative with things like that. But regardless, we continue to just bang our head against the wall and be surprised when this stuff doesn't work. We've got seven and eight guys in the box, and we go running back draw inside the 25-yard line. Like, what? why? It's not working. And yeah, we made some I felt like the offensive line made some assignment adjustments and it worked because Ben seemed to have some time more in the third quarter. But dude, when you're when you're up 29 to 5, your defensive scheme is going to change. So, did we make the adjustments or did the game dictate that things were just going to open up for us? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that because every time we would do us any good, we would shoot ourselves in the foot and turn the ball over or or, you know, uh, uh just look Futred on four plays and, and completely stall the drive. I thought fourth down play calling was terrible. I thought short yardage play calling was terrible. There were a few times we went to the running game early in the, uh, in the, early in the first quarter and then early again in the third quarter, and it seemed to work, and then we got away from it. But we're constantly chasing, chasing yards. We're never on schedule. We did rip off a couple of big plays offensively, but what did we do after that? We constantly would stall. I mean, this happened all night long. People pe- like shorthanded receivers like Neil Johnson dropping passes. Look, let's talk about the offensive line. Offensive line broke downs at several
6: key time moments oh. in this ball game. many downs we got owned? But look, there were some times that wide receivers were wide open and they drop balls. And there were some times that wide receivers were wide
3: open and Ben underthrew them. That and didn't is even see them and didn't even see him. Look God. at that final, that final scoring drive. Well, well I guess it was the second to final, but right before we got the fumble to get the ball back. He missed, I, thought, I think I was Neil Jr. in the middle, just wide open. That was Jefferson. Yeah, well, he missed Jefferson on the on the seam route that he was wide open. Should have scored three players right. before
2: that.
6: Right. So, and, and let's go back to Kyle. Kyle asked me, he said, how how was this game hard to watch? Down 29-5, to five, that's hard to watch. I've been more angry at a sporting event in my entire life. And I don't care that we came back. Yes, I stayed for the entire game I, or watched the entire game. But let me tell you, I was pissed off the entire game. I was pissed off from the moment we couldn't score when intercepting the ball on the freaking 40-yard line, and we can't even get a first down, okay? From that point on, yeah, the game was hard to watch. Now, was it entertaining later in the game? Absolutely it was entertaining, and yeah, we still it, had a chance to win, but it was still so hard to watch but that, but, on both ends. I was the, thing is,
5: the thing about that is it's not necessarily entertaining, but what happens was we had to pep, pick up our tempo because we're playing catch-up down by 18, so at that point, you're playing two-minute drill the entire second half, which throws your game off, which is why we made mistakes. I thought there were times when, you know, de- I mean, defense, What what I think what upsets me the most, and I understand they're like, well, coaches make adjustments. You spotted them 29 points. That team, Southern Miss does not score 29 points. I'm sorry. Like, if you look at their their schedule, they don't score 29 points. Like, that's just not who they are. 90 they, they, they,
3: in the FBS and I mean, offense. And you
5: gave them 29 points in the first half on big plays. They got a quarterback, a freshman quarterback, who threw eight interceptions going into this game. He hadn't – I mean, he really didn't throw the ball well. You let Frank Gore go over the top on you. You basically burn your entire secondary. I mean, we have a reputation for having a solid secondary. They got like – they got burnt in the first we half. We had
6: four guys around that wide
5: receiver that got burned. Four on Frank Gore throwing the ball down the middle of the field. So, so- – so that at, to that point, yeah, I mean, I know Lamar made some adjustments, but at that time, you're down 24 points. I mean, yeah, I'm, I, I give him credit for at least, you know, holding holding up the floodgates, but, I mean, the, the water was already flowing by then, you know, and then offensively, you know, we try to get drives going. And every time we try to get drives going, we turn the
3: ball over. I mean, it is what it is, and, and okay. it just – I don't care about entertainment value when I'm watching my team play. I don't care if it's the ugliest game I've ever watched. I want to win. I don't care about being entertained. That's not why I watch. I watch Monday Night Football for that. I watch the NFL for that. I don't care about that when my team is playing. I just want to win. But you want to talk about being upset. Let's go back to that first turnover where we tried to score. And I made a comment about bad play calling. I didn't hate that series by Mike and Tim Uh you know, they were being aggressive, trying to get seven. I didn't hate that. What I did hate was, and look, I very rarely go after players, but I'm pissed off with this guy very much. So I'm going to go ahead and say it. You need Peter LeBlanc to fight for that ball. He did not fight for the ball. He just kept running his route. And yes, he got tugged a little bit. And I thought it should have been called, but I'm not going to make a big deal about that. But there was a couple of plays tonight where he needed to fight for the ball and he just didn't, which goes back to one of the play calls where it was a, I think it was a third and four, Jerry where we run a toss sweep to to him and he yeah, gets all yeah. of three inches. Yeah, How did he earn that yeah. toss sweep? What are you doing? He's, in my view, one of the well, softest kids on the offense. Why are you giving him this, that opportunity right there? But here's another
5: problem with that, Josh. The play before, I believe Terrence William got a gain of like maybe a few. He pretty much only got like one yard at the line. Their front seven was stuffing our running rushing attack that we couldn't well, do anything. That was the
3: comment that I made about they had eight in the box and we're going to run a, a running back draw.
5: Yeah. I mean,
3: late draw too, which what are you, I mean, what are you doing?
5: And what made it worse was, you know, we were in a group text and I kept saying, throw the football. What happened when we threw the football, we went down for like a five play touchdown drive. You know, we were gashing them in the passing game. Thank goodness for Michael Jefferson. Cause it could have been a lot worse. But when we started tossing, airing it out in the second half and got that touchdown drive, we made it look easy. We start running the ball again. And I understand Southern Miss adjusted to it, but if you're gashing them, down the seam if you're gashing them in the air why stop why stop
3: well I I think they were giving up a lot over the middle until we got to the red zone I think that that was the game plan it looked pretty obvious to me but there was just so many different things that that you can go back and point to again I thought we got dominated on money downs when we needed things we didn't get them when they needed things they got them early not in the second half but again you're up twenty-nine to five. Things change. You start playing the game differently. And Nick just made a point. Nick Deal made the point about how everything that happened early it impacted about, you know, points on the board and how we went ahead and played the game. I mean, obviously that's every game kind of plays out that way. But but going back to being mad about watching the game and not being entertained, why are we down by by 15 points and we're running an eight minute offense? It took six minutes to score, which should have taken two and a half. I mean I saw no, no urgency. I saw I saw no, no amount of hurry up, nothing. This has been a trend in the Mike Desermo era. era. And I'm not going to go holler at Des. I think everybody has some blame in this performance. But again, like the clock management does not make sense to me at all. They were playing like we we were in a tie ball game. And it's infuriating because, you know, just say, think about how many times we had the opportunity into the half. We have opportunity to get points. We don't we chase points all night long with the going for two and all this other stuff. We shouldn't have even been in that situation late in the game. If we just kick the extra point and execute on special teams, we're not even in the predicament to have to go down there, get the touchdown and get the two. We might even be setting up for a game time field goal. There's so many things that happen. And this was a crazy game. And I know all that, a lot of things that you didn't plan for, but a lot of things that were preventable. But look, and and I, I I get that
6: we performed poorly, but it seemed like whatever we did, no matter what it was, Southern Miss, it would work for them. They're punting out of this world. They punt it to the half-yard line. Our guy, you know, on a kickoff, is trying to get it into the corner of the end zone so the guy doesn't get the ball to return it. And it just so happens to – I mean – if for all intents and purposes, it was going straight into the end zone that the ball decided to bounce. Oh, it'll go around the pylon. We'll start at the 35. Like, even that, every single thing we did tonight, it seemed like nothing was going our way. And I think that I I, I don't know if that's if that's just by coincidence or, or your own doing by having such a crappy start to the game or just psychologically when things start going downhill, you know, things just... Without you even thinking or or wanting it to go a certain way, everything just collapses, and that's
5: almost well, what it felt like tonight. Nothing went our way. But to your point, Nick, about the punt. Look what happened two plays later. Ben's in the end zone. He stays in the box, throws it, you know, to the flat, and he gets a safety. Very, we we kick it to them. Very next drive, they score again. It goes from twenty to five to twenty nine to five in like three minutes.
3: We so, all knew that they were going to get a safety on that, and as soon as that ball stopped right before oh, the we goal line, yeah. There wasn't 100%. a single Cajun fan that didn't think, well, damn, there's two points. Yeah. I, I,
5: but but look, but, but it's a snowball effect at that point because you try to run – you you run Terrence Williams for like a yard or two, then Ben rolls out, throws it in the flat to get to safety. So we give them the ball back, by the way. They score. I mean, that's a, right there, you know, 29 to 5 at that point. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's just – you can't – again – Oh, and I didn't even add the safety to that. So you can say that's a 16 to 30 or 16 to 28 point turnaround if, if we do what we're supposed to do and not make the mental mistakes. And really I like to use the word sometimes sloppy. I think when, you know, uh, to Kyle's point, when he said it was an entertaining game, I think part of the entertainment factor was the sloppiness. For example, they pick off Southern Miss picks off our two point conversion. The guy runs back and credit Ben, he was able to make the stop, but the guy, you know, muffs the ball on the way back and, and, you got you got all of these follies going on i mean part of that was sloppiness and i thought that I mean, unfortunately a, a symptom of that is, un- is 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 uh lack of discipline i thought we lacked discipline tonight a little bit um i give credit as far as penalties go you know i think southern miss committed a few more personal foul penalties than we did you know we talked about that earlier in the year like against rice our players seem to kind of hold their own so I'm, that was one positive thing out of the many um negative negative traits we saw tonight but still um nah it was just it was just a sloppy game overall sloppy game um and it
3: it wasn't necessarily like it was who who made the critical error at the critical time it was your leaders man it was ben it was chris it was you know your secondary getting burned on like a a one-man hot route that just burnt everybody up the middle like a, a running back can't throw deep and beat you over the top. I mean, that can't happen. That's got to be on film, you know. And I put that on Lamar. We weren't prepared for that. I don't feel like we were prepared to play. I don't think that we were ready for that environment. I'll go back and say that. I don't think that's a hot take. I don't think we looked ready to play at all. Dude, yeah, that's what, the first thing I said. We, yeah.
6: we look like we, we walked in like we were going to win the game. Like we, okay, yep. we got this, no problem. Cocky attitude, whatever, silence. Um, and they look like, again, and and no disrespect to Southern Miss, I'm just saying, rowdy Texas high school fans into the game, team into the game, on the sidelines, dancing and jumping around. We just look like we expected to, to be served a win on a platter. And he <laughs> can't do we, that we in conference expected, play, man.
5: We expected Marshall again. That's what we expected. We expected to go on the road exactly. against a team that's, you know, and, and look, honestly, Southern Miss lately has not – had the success Marshall has again, the last two weeks, they've had to come back to beat an Arkansas state team that we beat by 20. They had to come back in the last minute to beat Texas state, a team that hasn't beaten us yet. So you look at those results and you think, Oh, well, they struggled to beat teams that we've owned over the past, however long. So we're just going to go, if we did, what we did against Marshall on the road, Well, we can easily go to Hattiesburg and do the same thing. Well, that's not the case. And what did I say before this game? What did I say? Whenever, um, Whenever our friends from Southern Miss came on the pod, I said, you know, part, a way that you can beat us is you can basically move the ball, score on our defense early, and force us to commit turnovers. What what a miracle, like what I
1: said. Scored on us early,
5: (laughs) and we committed turnover, and we, we turned the ball over. So it was just a recipe for disaster. Everything we weren't supposed to do, everything we've always talked about going into the game on how not to lose, we did just that. We turned the ball over. We let them score early. We let them get momentum. Oh, and they beat us in field position, too. We talked about field position. When you punt the ball to the half-yard line, didn't get a safety and a nine-point turnaround in a span of two minutes, that's field position.
6: Their punter did a hell of a job tonight. Credit Credit to him, by by the way. Fantastic
5: job on his part. Eric Guerra was not able to return barely anything, really. But they beat us in field position. We turned the ball over. They scored on us early. The crowd got into it. It was just... Not our night, guys. Not our night. Yeah.
3: Before we go any further, I want to encourage everybody in the space to request to speak. Uh, if you have a phone call you want to make, call the hotline. If Nick has that to flash. And I, I Do you numbers- really want to take calls tonight? Yeah, I've been getting messages <laughs> about getting calls. So Oh, gotcha. Okay, I'll turn 7-6-1 it 761-6561 is the number. 337-761-6561. Uh, you guys go ahead and request to speak. We'll get you in. But... You know, I was mostly disappointed by not looking ready to play. Like, I know it's a turnaround. I know it's a short turnaround. It's a short turnaround for these guys, too. And Michael knows damn well the history between USM and the Cajuns. So there's no way that this, and so does Troy, and so does Munoz, and so does does a lot of these guys on this coaching staff. So there's no way that the players weren't aware of, like, some of the history, some of the hate, some of the rivalry, what Hattiesburg was going to offer. I just don't that they weren't ready for the moment but it didn't look like it that was the most baffling thing to me um it, does that did that surprise you Austin? we'll get you here in just a second i'm gonna let these guys say that and then we'll get you in did it surprise me we're, we were still in the hunt it, i mean long shot right yeah. a lot of things
6: had to go our way but we were, were still in the-, the current state we're- of things. Right, but we were still in the in the conversation that, hey, if we beat Troy and things happen along the way, we could still win the West. So you would think you'd come out all cylinders firing, and uh, it's, again, like you said, baffling. It's baffling to me that we came out, what seemed like just as monotone as possible. And, and again, credit to Southern Miss. They had their guys ready to go, and I think Will Hall outcoached us tonight. And I think... Their their defensive quarter uh, coordinator, uh, uh, what's his name? Our old coach from last year, um, Austin, Austin Armstrong. Yeah, linebacker coach
3: Armstrong. I mean, he did a hell of a job tonight. I they agree. were ready for us. Yeah, Nick, you're you're surprised at the lackluster effort early. I'm shocked at that the most. Just coming out, not bad. We didn't come out bad. We came out brutally. That was extremely bad.
5: Yeah. And we've always been known to set the tone early. That's always been our our motto. And we're not usually the ones playing catch up. And we, I mean, no energy at all. You know, the first play, the second play of the game, you pick it off. Or was it the first play or second play, you pick it off. Good way to respond, right? Good way to respond offensively. You have the ball in Southern Miss territory, by the way. Set the tone early. Nothing. Zero.
2: But no what did, points, what did Frank
6: Gore Jr. do after we can started containing him in the second half? He didn't, I mean, we outgained him what? We got, I gained him to, like in total by 200 somewhat yards in the second half, but still managed to, I mean, I, I don't know, man. It just, it's again, baffling to me how bad we were for that first two, one and a half quarters of the ball game. That, that just put us so far behind
3: the eight ball that it was almost impossible for us to come back. Big play touchdowns, like three of them in the span of maybe six minutes. Something crazy like that. Austin, go ahead and take it, man.
7: It's all yours. Hey, guys. Um, What's up, brother? I guess I'll start off with positives first. I have a couple points I wanted to make. Well, that first shouldn't all, take Josh, you very long. No, it shouldn't. Uh, Josh, looking swagged out. Love the sweatshirt. Appreciate you sticking it out. I know you don't feel good. Uh, um, other positive, I guess it looked like there was more emotion uh, shown from Dez, at least in the second half. I know that's something that some people had complained about, you know, that especially after we do something stupid, uh, you know, him not getting on to people. It looked like he was doing that more. I like seeing that. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> uh, as far as negatives go, I mean, I, I, I posted this earlier, but I, I feel like we got in a time machine and went back a month. I mean, it set us back to where we were in the Rice game. I mean, even from the jump, it felt like, it did those first few games where it was like our defense was going to have to do everything and play perfect. I mean, we got an interception immediately. Don't take advantage of it. Uh, we even got a special team score on the two point conversion. I mean, it felt like that kind of game where you know we weren't going to be able to to capitalize on those kind of mistakes, and it continued for far too long. And we got we got so far behind it ended up being the whole game, and um, it was like it was just so frustrating because. You know, I know we talked about it earlier, but, uh, you know, if it's not one thing, it's another. And that's how it was earlier on in the season with execution. You know, if we're not, uh, you know, we finally, every time we finally felt like we were starting to get some semblance of momentum, yeah. we would do something dumb, like fumble or, you know, miss an extra point or oh, miss man. a field goal. That, that Chris Smith
3: fumble was a dagger. That's one of the worst feelings I've ever had, knowing, like, we're finally getting on a roll, we look like we're opening it, opening it up, and we had some confidence in the pass game, and then, boom, he drops the, f- the football, and you knew right then and there, like, I don't know. I don't know if we can do this.
7: Totally agree, and it's like, you know, we're not, We we have, our margin of error is so small you know, and then it's guys that don't normally drop passes or dropping passes. You know, I almost feel like I'm watching a Saints game. It's like, you know, it, it'd be one thing if we were out there just getting boat raced by these teams and just getting blown out. I mean, OK, I'd be able to accept that, you know, we're just not better than them. But I feel like it's right there and we're just not. And that's infinitely more frustrating. Um, and it's, it's little stuff, too. Like, you know, even on that, the, you know, the, the one drive that we didn't score before we got the fumble. First down, Ben misses uh, Jefferson on the fade route. Well, he zipped it in there because he saw the cornerback had the high coverage and he was going for the back shoulder throw. And that's a that's a read on that play. And yep, they're just not on the same page. You know, that's yep. if he if he stops his route and turns around for the back shoulder, it's a pitch and catch, easy. Yep. Um, the only other thing I want point I wanted to make was about the transfer portal and just I, I know it's hard that's coming in here his first year Uh, and you know he has an idea of his culture that he wants to run and to to establish and I definitely respect the we can win with what we have mindset and you know when you promise guys they're going to have a chance to play I understand that but I feel like there was a if if that's the you know there was a gross misjudgment I feel like of our talent ability on the offensive line you know, the, the landscape in college football is changing right now. And I just think, especially as a G5, if you want to keep up, you have to go out and get some of these guys to improve yourself at position groups where you're vulnerable. And we lost so much on the offensive line. And all we went out and got was a reserve, a backup guy. Like, you know, you look at other schools that are doing that, like South Alabama, Texas State. mean it doesn't always work out sometimes you can inherit more problems than it's worth but I just feel like maybe that's something you know that we might have to change our mindset on going forward I don't disagree on on that
3: remember we did get that transfer from Michigan State who just absolutely did not pan out anytime he's gotten any kind of playing time he's he can't play I mean I'm not trying to be ugly to the guy just he just he's not a d1 talent and then you got Williams, you got McGovern. Like, we've lost guys since spring who we thought were going to play big minutes. Lance Burton's another who's still not all the way healthy. Uh, so, and then we have a bunch of young guys that we thought maybe might contribute, but it just hasn't worked out. It's kind of become a a perfect storm on the offensive line, and I'm not giving anybody a pass. Maybe they knew some things that we didn't know a lot earlier, and maybe they could have addressed those things. But, you know, Coach Tim made a made a point to address this in the – uh, Tuesday uh, afternoon press conference, and he talked about the fact that you know we do we do believe in the talent that we have on the starting lineup in the starting lineup, but they've had to grow up way faster than any other you know group of five that we've had in a long time. And he said that he felt like the progression was there. I thought tonight overall um, C plus if I'm being nice. I think that they showed moments. They did make adjustments, but they still can't pick up a stunt. They still struggle when assignments change in the middle of a play. It doesn't matter if it's just a stunt. It could be anything. They still struggle with it. You saw it on replay. If you watch any of those sacks, it was motion on the defensive line. And we still struggle with that. I still think we look like we're a step too slow when we, when we have to move and, and help out, especially on duo blocks and things like that. I don't know, man. I, I think that I think that it's the perfect storm and it, it really probably got to a, a fever pitch right before the season started. And they probably all looked around and said, Oh shit. You know what I mean? I, I think that that's a, a legit point to make. Um, maybe not. And I'm not, I'm trying to be optimistic about it, but I do feel like we've seen some improvement. Um, but I know that there's still a lot there to, to, to be desired. And I agree with you that the transfer portal cannot be seen as a necessary evil uh, to the point where you, you want to try to stay away from it as much as possible. I think that you have to use it to your advantage at some point. I think the G five leagues or the G five uh, schools have got to be able to benefit from it as well as the P five. Appreciate you chiming in there, Austin. A uh, great Cajun fan who probably stuck it out like the rest of us psychopaths. JUCO, if you're ready to go, man, it's all yours.
1: What's going on, guys? How you doing tonight?
3: Oh, not great. How are you? Yeah,
1: I know it could be. So, here, here's my thing, man. I'm looking at USM, right? And I'm looking at how they use Frank Gore. And I tweeted this out. Man, they use Frank Gore in a passing game. They use him in a wildcat, run the ball, hit anywhere they anywhere they can get the ball in his hand because Frank Frank Gore, Jr. is a stud. We know that. He even passed if 53. 52-yard touchdown, right? Yeah. My thing is, for us, man, we got to figure a way out to use Lance. Man, this kid is, is like we're wasting his talent, right? We can line him up in different formations where he can, he'll can he be able to, you know, open up the running game. You know, it'll, it'll be able to open up if, if he do, you know, misdirections, you know, uh, wildcat formation, fake fake the jet sweep, you know, hit hit off the tackle or, or whatnot, man. And and I feel like if, if if Southern Miss can use a running back as a wildcat quarterback, why can't we use a converted receiver who primary position was a four-star quarterback coming out of high school, you know, was one of the highly taunted athletes coming out of high school as a
3: quarterback? Also, he's like 6'2, Buck 195. Fred Gore is 5'8, 165. I don't know. He's small. He's a lot smaller than I expected him, but he was tough as hell. If he, he Lance, tough. Lance is a big tough kid. He looks like a tight end. If he can't be used in that in that role, uh, who else could? Because he, you you look at you look at the offensive line. Man, look. Number sixty-five
1: was getting whipped. He was getting hey, They was they was whipping him. They were whipping some other but, and when you, when you have a weak offensive line like that, and, and it's not the strong point, you know, then you got to figure a way out to open up the running game. You know, you got some thoroughbreds back there. You got you got Terrence. You got Chris Smith. You got Capote. You got some, you got some guys that can really run the ball but can't run the ball if the offensive line is not opening up holes. Man, I was watching – I was watching Southern Miss, man, and, and it's like the o- offensive line was just open up the floodgates of heaven. And they were just running. <laughs> Until, you know, we made some adjustments in the second half. Man, if, but if you have a talented athlete like Lance, man, it will confuse the defense because you don't know if Lance's going to run. It, it doesn't have to – Lance doesn't have to play the whole game. But, like, when you're in the red zone, man, figure a way out to use them. You know what I'm saying? Just just like, likewise, how the Saints use Taysom Hill. You know, but the Saints, you know, went one for five against, you know, that was Cincinnati. But anyway, you got to figure out a way to use your weapons. Man, figure a way out. Figure a way out. And that's all I got to say, man.
3: I agree 100% with you. You got to find a way to get the ball in the freaking red end zone when you're in the red zone. Cause what we're doing right now is not working. I mean, call it what it is. It's not working. Uh, one thing about USM and Frank Gore and those guys, they play with a physicality that, that looks like it's part of their identity. I mean, they were tough as hell. I don't know how much better they were overall on the depth chart, as far as talent goes, but man for man, they were tough, They way, way tougher than we are. And I'm not trying to say that we're not a tough team, but Southern Miss has a different level of physicality and toughness. And that showed. And in their environment with their crowd and everything going, it's a different place down there to play. And when they get rolling, it's, it's, it's a snowball effect. It's, it's, a, it's a freight train. And we couldn't get out of the way tonight. Uh, we didn't help ourselves by com- continuing to make mistakes. That certainly didn't help. Uh, but I, I had a feeling like it didn't take very long to see, I don't know, maybe six or seven minutes into the game. They were just tougher than we were. You know, uh, maybe they were fresher than we were because they got to sleep sleep in their own beds last night and the night before that. I don't know. a lot of that stuff is is you know, people go on the road all the time. I'm not trying to make an excuse, but every little advantage counts in a game on Thursday night, right?, uh, you hear the NFL guys talk about it all the time.
6: Well, on top of that, on top of that, Josh, we've said before we've seen Ben get better as the game goes on, but tonight, I mean, at some point, Ben's got to start the game hot. Like, we can't just rely on him getting better as he goes on. He's got to start making players earlier in the game because we can't, again, get the ball at the 40-yard line to start the game and then go for and out. Like that's,
8: it's, not, it's not just on
6: him, but
3: I'm just saying he's got, to, he's got to be better than that. To me, tonight was Ben. This is Ben Woldridge, and this is why we've had two quarterbacks to play the year. High highs, low lows. And it's not all his fault. The offensive line did not help. The receivers, in many cases, did not help. I thought the tight ends had probably their worst night of the year. Tight ends did not show up tonight, and you guys know I'm very pro tight end. I mean, we, we, we've got to do better right there. Now, I swear, we still didn't attack the middle of the freaking football field like we should, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not going to get on them about that tonight.
5: But also, too, the, the lack of consistency of running the football, you, you, it, it, throws off, it threw off the entire offensive scheme especially when you get behind by 24 points, you know, we start running Chris Smith a little bit in the second half. You know, you run some of these, these sweeps up the sidelines every once in a while, but you know, on short yardage, we couldn't do anything. I mean, short yardage was probably our worst to me was, was, was the worst side of the
3: offense that we saw tonight. But it's all, it's always been bad. I'm just, like, can I make the argument that at some point you just got to know what your damn weaknesses are? We're seven games into this thing. At some point, you got to know, we just don't run the ball well. Uh, Let's try to to manufacture a running game rather than force the running game when it's not working. Um, I don't know if we're doing that yet. So you can make the argument that the running game didn't help the pass game, but maybe the plan should have been to set up the run with the pass like we had the last two games. I didn't see that. It looked like we were just trying to force feed the backs. Again, early in the first quarter, we had a couple of runs with Chris. We had that toss sweep to Dante that worked. There was a few things that we mixed in there that I liked, stretched the field a little bit, made them play sideline to to sideline. But on money downs, when it was obvious when we were in jumbo packages and and, in 13 um, packages, when it was obvious we were trying to run the ball, we couldn't do it again tonight. There was a couple of times now, later in the game where they kind of, they stretched the game out and they they were more interested in having us run minutes off the clock rather than stopping us from getting in the end zone. I, I think that, a lot of that shit can be deceiving because, oh, yeah, we got three yards here. We got four yards here. To me, that's not what I don't watch that part of it. I watch when they know you need to run and you know you need to run and it's third and two. Who's winning the line of scrimmage? It's not us. Now I'm with you. Hey, I got a, um, I got a voicemail to play for my boy Chuck from
2: uh, I
6: Everyday Eagles. I, do we want to eat the crow now? I guess we'll eat the crow now. All right.
0: Hey, guys, this is Chuck from the Everyday Eagles podcast, man. Just wanting to call and say that y'all put up a great fight. I know that it wasn't pretty either way. It was sloppy. As um, somebody was at the game, I can tell you that it just it, – it, it, the atmosphere there tonight, you, you'd have thought we were playing for a conference championship. Um, I think the – you know, I know y'all made a comment about the players dancing and the, the fans dancing. Um, but, but y'all put up a big fight and we, we knew that defense was going to be a key issue. Special teams is going to be a key issue. Um, pass rush was a big, um, so I, I just want to give you guys credit and I, I think y'all, um, are, are right there in the fight, guys. So just, we want to lose to good people like y'all, but we're, we're happy that we, we won. So, uh, so the to the top. Love you guys. Be safe.
3: I'm glad he he's positive on us <laughs> right now because we're short. I, <laughs> I was hoping that he was going to cuss us out. That would have I know. Fun. But Honestly. hey,
6: again, credit to them showing out tonight, man. Um, hey,
3: and they I said it, so did.
6: I said it last week. I said it. You know, I want the the support that they have, and he mentioned that a lot of their alumni still live in the area, and I get that. A lot of our alumni, like like I do, live in Houston and Dallas and all these other places, but. Damn, I I, I want a Thursday night game to to have half a full stadium. Like, he, I'll take twenty thousand or forty
3: thousand C stadium on the Thursday night. You know, I'll take it any day of the week. You don't need a lot of people to have a great atmosphere. No, you just need people that care. I've been making this argument for 20 years. Uh, Eric, you're next to speak, sir. Please take it.
8: Hey guys, uh, Hats off to Southern Miss. They they just basically whipped our ass. Uh, I'm, I'm extremely pissed off i guess because i bought into all the progress that i saw the last two weeks and i really expected that tonight and tonight you know if you take away the turnovers the, the southern miss is not more talented than us we we got out coached tonight our inexperience showed i felt like in the coaching uh, we finally made some adjustments in the second half on defense but I felt like a lot of this was on coaching tonight. We didn't seem prepared. We didn't make adjustments early in the first half, and it cost us a game. Like Nick said, we got behind, and that—that that was it. We, we, and even at that, even as shitty as we
3: played, we still almost we were in it with two minutes left. How do we look at that though? Do we say, "Well, damn, we fought back hard enough, and then we gave our ch- ourselves no. a chance to tie it because." I'll be honest with you. I'm a, I'm a pretty optimistic Cajun fan, and I did not think we were going to go down and score. I, I'm just being honest. I love I as mirror. much as anybody, but I'm just telling you, based on everything I had watched to that point, I had very little little confidence that we were going to cross the end zone.
8: Well, y'all talked about being entertained at the beginning of the of this Twitter space. I, I wasn't entertained any, at all. And I know you said you weren't either, Josh, but I wasn't entertained. I was pissed off. Because it's like, what are we doing? Why are we running these plays? You know, why aren't we making adjustments? How the hell is the halfback throwing a touchdown pass on us?
5: (laughs) Well, to your point about, you know, making the comeback, I think it is crazy because we were one possession away from scoring and tying it up. But I think what frustrated me about that is when I look back at all the missed opportunities and points we left off the board, we could have put this game away in the third quarter if we would have done everything right. And that's what was frustrating to me. I mean, you know, the, the fact that we, yeah, it's great that we made a comeback, but also we should have never been in that position to begin
8: with. A hundred percent, Jerry. And, and I think that goes more to our talent level than it does to our coaching. And, oh, absolutely. and the guys not quitting on the, on the game. They could have quit when they got down so far, but they didn't. I mean, I, I love that about them, but, we made too many mistakes and poor coaching choices.
3: You know, I'm not going to argue with anybody about coaching tonight. Even Dez said in the post game, right before we came on, I listened to him talk to Cody, and he said, I got to have my team ready to play. I put this on me. He took blame for it, and Dez does that, and I, that didn't surprise me, but he meant it this time for sure. Uh, there was just something different about how he said it, and I'm sure you guys can go back and listen to that, but – I'm not going to argue with anybody. I, I said myself, look, I'm a huge Lamar Morgan fan. I've been saying that but since before he got hired. I thought he got – I tweeted out that uh, Will Hall took him to school and paddled his ass in the first, in the first half because he did. Uh, I mean, everything that he tried, Lamar was on his heels, man. Like it, Everything worked. So it's okay to say I got my ass kicked. I'll get better, learn from it, and I'll come back stronger. But I, I don't, what I don't want to hear is, well, uh, blah, 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 excuses. I don't want to hear that. We all know what we saw. Their little offense, 95th in the country, okay? This is a bad offense. 29 points through 30 minutes of football. No matter how you slice that, it's bad.
8: Right. I love Dez. I love Lamar. I want them to succeed. But like I said, I feel like their inexperience showed tonight, bad. Worse than it has any time this season. Y'all have a good night.
3: All right, Eric. Thanks for checking in. Uh, Everybody hang tight. We got Kyle. I'm sure he has a lot to say, so uh, Woody, we're going to get you in in just a moment, sir. Please hang tight. Kyle, what's up, man?
2: Y'all going to commercial break or what?
3: (laughs) Sorry,
6: we were a little busy. We had (laughs) had other colors.
2: No commercial commercial, uh, uh, podcast tonight, huh? You got it. it. It's straight emotional. It's straight emotional. Let it rip. Let it rip. Rant and roll. Right, is that what we're doing? That's what we're doing, man. First or after dark, okay, oh okay, yeah, I just wanted to be sure, okay, first of all, first of all, Nick, I really like what you had to say because I think that you it, it with all the misses I'm hearing tonight, your miss is as close as anybody's miss from what i'm from where I'm standing, okay. The fact was. We went in there overconfident. And you want to know one of the reasons why we went in there overconfident? We flew. We flew to Volusia Gulfport International Airport, and then we got on a bus. Take the bus with all your players and let them know this is the old-time way to play football. Like old-time religion. Because you know what? You have seen them play that football game like it was religion. What did it like? old conversation. What are we playing like? household, man. We played it like it was mass. We going in there for 30 minutes, say, get our fathers, and we getting the hell up and walking out the door with a win. No, then we rolling on the floor. They were holy rolling. Y'all there? Uh, We hear you, man. We're we're listening Uh, to you. I see y'all like about to fall out of the camera shots and stuff. But what I'm telling you is they came to play football. They did. Old time freaking football. That little nothing of a nothing named Frank Gore Jr. What was he, 5'3 and 115 pounds? They whooped our ass. Like did? Bruce Lee, he comes through the shit out of us.
6: Daddy did. Tell me
2: where I'm wrong.
6: I got nothing to say, Todd. Huh? When
2: we thought we had in corners, he throws the ball to <laughs> 50 yards. How do you not know he's a passing through it, Fred? Yeah. Everybody talked about it. Raging G.J. talked about it. Jay Bird even talked about oh, it. That old we, of a
6: we talked about it here okay, last week. We talked about it. The what? We talked we, about it here with the guys from Southern Miss this week. Yeah, they said I that. Know. He, yeah. How did they miss it?
2: Everybody Look, knew it.
5: He he beat
6: it Louisiana was in Tech.
2: All the
5: papers. He beat Louisiana Tech in Ruston last year as the starting quarterback. I mean, that. He, he threw, like, two touchdown passes last year. I mean, <laughs> they should have film
2: on that. So how do you not know that this guy is susceptible to throwing the ball 50 yards down the field for whoever's going to go get it? You should know this. I'm with you, man. I'm sorry, okay? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to tell you right now. No, no, don't apologize. We almost won this game. We almost, no, yeah, I'm sorry, because I had to watch it, but I loved it. I did love it. Don't tell me that game wasn't entertaining. You a liar if you tell me that game wasn't entertaining. I got a friend of mine from Kansas who had zero dog in the hunt, and he was laughing his ass off about how entertaining it was. Okay? Y'all got that, right? We got it. Yeah. Y'all there? We're here. Okay, We're here. it was entertaining. It shouldn't have been entertaining. But our business professional attitude, when we walked in there, made it entertaining when they proceeded to slap us upside their head and drop it up to the floor. And then did the booty wipe. They did the booty wipe on us, man. And we still, we still had the fortitude. We would have come back, but you know what killed us? You know what killed us?
7: We killed us, we Kyle. We killed
2: us. <laughs> we took a knife and jabbed ourselves right in the guts between the second and third rib and twisted.
5: Self-inflicted wounds, man.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, we do this after every game. Please hit the subscribe button. <laughs> he
2: said booty wipe. <laughs> now, what is this? Okay, what is this? Is this coaching or is this, this players being players? I, I don't know. But if you can find out, please call me, tell me, text me, email me. I don't care. But I'll tell you what. I still got hope. You know what? This year, we ain't winning the conference. We might make a bowl game. I think we'll make a bowl game. And I hope we win it. But next year, this collisionous glass of collagenist junk is going to come together, and it's going to be a ball club. I promise you. I believe it. Be
6: I'm with you, Kyle. I think and we all
2: will go like, damn! It's gonna be like the 2018, 2019 UBR team. Okay, you know what I'm saying? They, they, they are having. They, they look like, like right now. They look like what? What is that? When you got the cars running, a demolition derby. Right now, they look like a demolition derby team. Next year, they're going to look like a NASCAR team going around the track, getting the most points. But it's a process. And I swear to God, if somebody mentions process to me this week, I'm going to have a stroke, a hernia, and a heart attack. Y'all have a good night, fellas.
6: Thanks, Kyle, as always, man. Oh, man. That was was
3: the best Kyle call ever. He said booty wipe. (laughs) Listen, this is a great time to remind everybody hit the subscribe button if you like that. And <laughs> don't I, <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say so I'll give it to Woody. Woody, you've been waiting. All yours, sir. Yo, yo. So,
9: just want to say as a Southern Miss fan it's good to play the Cajuns again, man. It's been a long time oh, Yeah, that conference with y'all. For sure. Uh, but, you know, I just want to say this. You know, it looked like the Cajuns were definitely not one step slow, but like two or three steps slow in the first half. Oh, yeah. uh, it, was, it, 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 it they weren't ready. But I will say this: you know, Southern Miss and you, you, whether you agree with it or not, they have a top twenty-five defense. Now, it doesn't look like that because they have three losses, but their offense is so bad. Their quarterback was a true freshman thrown like fifteen interceptions in three games. Right? He was they had to Overcome that constantly, uh, and that defensive line is back with nothing but SEC transfers. So, you know, I get that you want your team to, like, score 100 points right, but that defense is really good. And I'll just hang up.
3: No, no, hang on. Hang on a second before you hang up. I don't disagree with any of that because, like I said, I thought on money downs we got our ass kicked. I thought in the red zone you guys clamped down and we really couldn't do very much, and your speed was evident, especially in the linebacking core and the secondary – uh, and the edges, and the entire defense was fast, but in particular, edges, linebackers, uh, uh, secondary. What I what I wasn't expecting was to be able to get chunk plays and to really have our way between the 25s. That surprised me. Um, and really, if you look back, some of the biggest momentum shifts were the turnovers where we were deep down into... Uh, Southern Miss territory, ter- territory. So I'm not necessarily saying I don't think that uh, Southern Miss's defense is very good. And I don't I don't know if they're top 25 or not. I mean, that's a little, a little bit subjective. But I, I, I was more surprised that we as an offense who has struggled to have our identity and find our footing, really, even though we put up five touchdowns against Arkansas State, they're not good. I, I didn't I didn't come out of that game thinking, oh, whoop, we finally found our, our offense. We know who we are now. I never thought that. Um, but I was surprised that that we were able to move the ball like we did uh, against Southern Miss. Now, again, like I mentioned, going up 29 to 5 changes the entire game. You throw the game plan out the window and you try to just ad lib your way through that thing. So, so many things that were crazy in that game changed the way both teams played. Um, I think we'd have to line up and do it again for me to really have a full. Uh, a a full opinion on Southern Miss's defense and really their whole team. I thought your special teams were outstanding. I think your, your punter probably won you the freaking football game. Nobody's going to say that, but I think the punter won it last
9: week when they played Texas state. Yeah, man, I I think
3: he was the X factor. He he completely changed the field of play. I don't know, three or four times. So uh, I just want to say that, but I appreciate you checking in. Your your fans have been great. It's been fun bantering with all of you since, uh, since you guys joined the league and, uh, e- even some of the trash talk was fun and clever, which you don't really get around Sunbelt football. So it's been fun.
9: Yeah, well, hopefully the uh, the West starts to uh, with the Cajuns and Southern Miss. And no offense to other the Sunbelt teams, but really that's all I really know in the West. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I know the East is really good. So, But, you know, it should be some really good games coming up in the, in the year. And, uh, you know, like you said, w- we know all about bad offense and it can make your defense look bad when you change, you know, when you turn the ball over, what is, uh, the Cajuns had, like, four turnovers, three turnovers? I don't know what the yeah, exact four, that was. Yeah, four tonight. Yeah. I mean, it just it makes your, look, your defense look bad because, you know, the, you're turning the ball over after, you know, maybe you had a long drive or in your own territory, right? And, you know, it's hard for a defense to to really like, – like when the Cajuns scored, you know, I guess what was the with two minutes left, after Gore, phone looking on the two, right? I mean, that really wasn't on Southern Miss's defense. That was more on Frank Gore. That type of stuff happens, right? When you turn the ball over and it just makes your defense look bad, but it's really not your defense that's doing that. It. It's your horrible offense, right? So, but uh, anyways, enjoy listening to y'all. Um, we'll do it again next year and uh, good luck to to, to you all in, uh, the rest of the season.
3: All right, man. Appreciate you checking Appreciate in with Appreciate it, Woody. Yeah, if anybody has anything they want to say, please request. We'll get you in. Uh did anybody see time of possession? Yeah, Any we ball?
5: actually, I want to say they had the ball. They had the ball for 33 minutes. We had the ball for almost 27. So they 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 beat us on time of possession, but we had we had a hundred more almost almost a hundred yards more of total offense than they did. Or we had a hundred yards of total off more total offense than they did, but we turned the ball over a few of those possessions. So you know,
3: couldn't get couldn't couldn't turn them into points. You know, in a weird way, we've we've made a living on being on the other side, or, or the plus side of the turnover margin. Last two weeks, we've lost the turnover battle. One time we played a really bad team, and one time we played a good team, and you see the difference. I think with the timing of the turnovers, more than anything, though. Uh, look at that first. You know, everybody kind of forgets about the first turnover, the first pick. Uh, I want to say it was the second play from scrimmage. He throws the pick. We're all fired up. We go four and out. That changes the entire game because now the momentum that you just took from them on the road, you quiet the crowd a little bit. They just got it right back. So it's like yeah. it never happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that was a gigantic play in the game. And again, I didn't mind being aggressive there because you really weren't supposed to have the opportunity anyway. But imagine if you just get three, you know, imagine if you get three right there. And of course you can't tell how the rest of the game is going to play out. I, I'm not trying to say that just to say, you know, in hindsight, if we're not chasing points all game long, any other stats that stand out that we should talk about because it feels like in a game that crazy there would be a few things.
6: Well, I think Josh when you go back and you look at the at the first half, the thing that sticks out to me is just looking at the fact that we were down 29 to 11 and if we get it, if we get a I'm just thinking, look, just get a touchdown before the half.
3: And Make then the you get the goal. ball back? Like the damn and, field goal before the half.
6: Right. Or a field goal and and you're back in the game because you get the ball back. What do we do on the first drive in the in the third quarter? We turn the ball over. So, it's like we didn't score before the half and then we go and we turn the ball over when we have the advantage on on the first drive of the second half. Again, it was just like every single we, we kept taking these steps forward and then we'd back ourselves up and then we'd take a step forward, we back ourselves up. It just it never felt like we could get ahead at any point in this game because you were just holding your breath, waiting for the next bad play to happen. So um yeah, and going back to the to his comments about about defense, look, they were ranked I think we're ranked 34 and they're ranked 39 in the country. Like, I expected this to be a relatively close game. There is no way that I thought we would give up that many points, not only in the first half, in the whole game. And we, didn't either. The over-under was 43. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it was just weird. And I think we should have understood that when we had the, the, the interception on the first play, and then they score, and then we take the ball. Like, it was just, it was funky, and it felt weird, and anything that could happen, weird happened. It's just one of those games. You just got to take take the L and move on, man.
3: That indeed. Uh, injuries. Anybody see any injuries that we could talk about? I didn't see anybody go down.
6: No. Um, who was the wide receiver that went down earlier in the game? He made the catch. It wasn't LeBlanc. Oh, Jacob, When he came back in. He came back in, okay. That was yep. the only one that I noticed.
3: Yeah, he was out for a while. I thought it was an ACL or a MCL. Knee is MCL, right? I thought that was an MCL, but he popped back up yeah. and he came back in. No man. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm still pissed, even after that wonderful call by Kyle that helped things out. Oh man, that was that was great. He I was crying. I wonder what he was talking about. Is that a dance that I don't know about? <laughs> I have no idea what that meant. Look, <laughs> Jerry, what are you reading? Raging, paging.
5: I'm still in awe of uh of kyle's call that was probably one of the great if we had greatest moments in, in raging review that that definitely goes up in the top five
3: we do now fantastic <laughs> uh,
5: hey you know what though hey hey say what you want about kyle about his call sometimes but you know what the man you can't deny the man this man has passion but we need thousands of more like him to to bring that passion man thank
6: you that's what i'm saying that's you know? what i'm saying we need more passion we need more fans and not your, oh, I'm going to watch it because the other team's not playing fans. We need mm-hmm. our passionate fans
3: pulling for us
6: and only us.
3: Sorry, I'm greedy. No, that's why I like going to Hattiesburg because they're Southern Miss fans. They're not Ole Miss fans posing as Southern Miss fans. They're not what well, state fans. They're, they do love the school they went to. And I'm all about that. And they're not, you know,
5: they're not Southern Miss alumni pulling for Ole Miss and Mississippi State like we have
3: alumni pulling for LSU. Actually, had some moron bragging on Twitter about that. Did y'all see that exchange? It was fantastic. Unfortunately, I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty bad. But, uh, but no, I, I didn't really want to get into this because I didn't think we'd have to, but. In, in Lafayette, it was status quo. Well, nobody talked about how important renewing this rivalry rut was. Other than the fans on message boards and us, obviously, and Twitter a little bit, um, there really was no education on why it's important that we're playing Southern Miss, why it's important that we're, we're in a league together. You know, the history of the two schools, the heated rivalries that were in the 80s and 90s, nothing. No, there was no promos. There was no hype videos about the 2008 game where Mike Desermo was limping up and down the field which would have been such an easy thing to do because he's now our head coach. So it's such an easy thing to marry together. You know, the current and the past, something that we just can't manage to do as a, as an athletic program. Nobody thought to do that. Jerry and I called each other and yelled at each other about that. Where the hell is all the promo? It was mostly me hollering in my hoarse flu voice. Uh, I don't know. if Jerry's probably just tolerating me, but like there's nothing nobody talking about it N- nobody but,
6: but it's week after week Josh I know. Th- that we see other schools and programs outdo us and I- i'm not saying on the field i'm just talking in general like amping up their fan base making them want to go to the game making them want to tune in it- it's and and again i live i don't live in the city so i don't know i'm assuming nothing's being done in the city because I have to rely on social media is the only way for some of our fans who were diehards to get amped up on the game, because it feels again, it feels like just like the team walked in today, business as usual, you know, that that's just what it felt like. And it wasn't business as usual for Southern Miss. And they, they showed us in the, in the first quarter and a half, it wouldn't, it wouldn't just business as usual for them. I wish we had that. Why can't we have that? Why can other teams in our conference? consistently do it week after week and and we sit here and
5: and silence look today was an easy sell tonight was an easy sell you're playing a team that you basically played every year in the late 80s and 90s so for a lot of people our age that was our childhood memories right not quite on the winning end but it was still a memory of playing these teams. Now they're in your conference. Back then they weren't even in your conference. You were in we were an independent while they were in Conference USA. They just happened to be a non-conference opponent. They're your conference rival now. The same team that you played every year is now your conference rival. And guess and look, I'm upset about tonight, no doubt. But I guess there's one light at the end of the tunnel. It's not one of those games where you can't like we have to wait another five years to play them. We play, they're coming to Cajun field next year. So I feel a little bit better knowing we get we get to hopefully redeem ourselves. But in spite of that, you're playing a team that is basically next. And I know we talk about whether or not ULM's arrival, but Southern Miss is undoubtedly the, the team in the West that that emulates you the most, mimics you the most our fan base and and, 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 the university and the athletic department, we should all get excited about that. That's exciting. Like, that's fun. Their yeah. fans are ecstatic about it. I mean, we look at, look at what we talked with, with, with Chuck and Lane the other night. I mean, Lane said it best. He's like, when I look at, you know, when it comes to school in Louisiana, you guys mim- uh, mimic us the most. Th- that, that should be a natural sale to me. I, I, I you know, I, but, but
6: Jerry, here's the, here's the problem. Southern Miss punked us at their place, okay? We should have been pissed off as a fan base, as a program. We the When they came to, to in baseball to play us this season at the Teague, we should have been flashing that bat flip weeks before. Promoting Whoa, we that game. We did a, it. We they did it. You did it. But I'm saying the program should be getting our fans hyped up. Like, look at these guys punking us last season. It's their turn this season. Get us fired up. Nothing. We did it. But, but nobody else did it again this year radio silence we we haven't beaten these guys since 1990 what 398 yeah, whatever
5: 93
6: like you you should be like all right this is our time there should be nothing
2: nothing it's
6: free this is free stuff it's easy stuff we Look, have got to do better at that man. i
5: posted the picture when we got the uniform reveal um, I posted the picture from the '80s when we went to Hattiesburg and beat them. We wore the script Cajun helmets, the white jerseys. I said Cajuns, and we wore the red, sh- the white stripe red pants. And I, it took me 30 seconds to put that on Twitter. 30 seconds, and look at the reactions we got. Look at the likes. Look at the comments. I, 30 seconds on Twitter. I'm just saying. So, I, but again, I Jerry,
6: I, you just said I can't wait till next season. We're going to show them at Cajun Field. Yeah. Are we the only ones that are going to be saying that? Or is somebody going to step up yes, and it'll piss be us. our fans off? It, no, it'll it'll be probably us. be us yet again. It'll right? just be us.
3: Look, they released two or three different hype videos throughout the, the last 24, 36 hours. And, you know, I made a comment about, and I, it wasn't an ugly comment, I just made the point that, hey, maybe media wants to step it up for this game. It's a good, good opportunity to make some extra content pump the fan base up. It's not enough to tell them that we're playing a game. You got to educate a lot of these people on why it's important. You can't just tell, you can't just show somebody the front of a book. You got to tell them what's in the damn story. We, we, we don't do that. We, we do what we're supposed to do. And we clock out. I hope I'm not offending anybody. Actually, I do. I do think, I hope I'm offending you because you're not doing your damn job. You got to tell the fans why it's important. They have to know why Southern Miss matters in Cajun football universe. We have to know that this conference is getting better all the time. We have to know why this conference matters and why we should pull for our conference mates. USM has some of the best fans in the G5. I love being associated with them because uh I made a joke with the guys earlier that in the old Sun Belt our fan base was looked upon as as a superior fan base because the other fan bases were so damn terrible, but now we're in a, a conference with the JMU's and the apps and the marshals and the USM's and all these great fan bases. It's kind of shown that our fan base has gone really to by the wayside. Where are we? 15,000 for Arkansas state. That's unheard of. I mean, that's unheard of they've been a Western division rival as long as I can remember in nasty heated games. Now we go to USM and, of course, we have our small core that went and probably raised hell and probably represented well. But, you know, here we are. There's a few hundred of us that care late into the night watching Raging Review and hollering about the game. I mean, it's not enough. It's not enough. And why is it not enough? It's because the people that are in charge of promoting these things to get our fans excited about why it's important to be a Raging Cajun football fan and why it matters, they just don't do it. I, I asked Jerry, I said, you know, we were talking about who, whose job is it to go ahead and sell that story. We don't even know. Do we have people in promotions that their job is to engage fans in such a way that they are educating them on the history of why it's important to play a USM or Nora Marshall or whoever? It, it took me,
5: and that man, I tell you what the other night, and I'm not saying this to brag, it might've took taken me 20 minutes to type that entire thing up. It was all emotion. It was all just memories. It was all emotion. It was all nostalgia about when we used to play Southern Miss, the standard of, of how I looked upon Southern Miss as a kid growing up, how I despise having to play them because they were so good and we were bad at the time. And now the rules have kind of turned. And even if they beat us tonight, even the, though they beat us tonight, I feel like it's more of a level playing field with them now. Now we can actually compete with them. Now we can go toe-to-toe with them. Now we're conference mates. And so when I type that up, I I, I just kind of put all those thoughts into one and – but. I'm just a fan. I'm not, you know, I don't work for the university. I don't work in marketing. I don't work in promotions or anything like that. I'm just a fan typing this up. There's people that I'm sure could bring that same type of emotion at a certain level to get the fans excited. I mean, you know, cause I, I had a few comments, people were like, man, that was a great, that was a great segment. You know, I remember when we used to play Southern Miss, we still have a lot of fans that remember those days, you know, you just have to bring it to the forefront. You know, one thing I was always – what I always enjoyed, I know we did the um, – for homecoming, football would always post like a homecoming video with like Jake DeLome or, or Peanut Tillman with narrating and they would show old clips from the 80s and 90s, you know, Brian Mitchell running it for a touchdown and the, the, the A&M win and Jake DeLome throwing a pass to Brandon Stokely. We need more of that to me. We need more of that because, again, in order to look forward to the future, you have to appreciate the past. And there were a lot of people that wore that Cajun uniform. You know, I know people talk about tonight, the script Cajun helmets. Oh, it's bad luck. It's bad luck. Well, we had a lot of good wins in that script Cajun helmet too. You know, it doesn't
3: hurt to embrace the past every once in a while. In order to embrace the past, you got to know the damn past. And we need to educate our fans. This is what we've always done. We just, we, we, we leave it up to chance that people will find out. I'll give you an example. I was, looking, I was going back to find some footage of Mike playing against Southern Miss. It's not on YouTube. It's not on the internet. Can't find it. So I went back even further to the 80s to the early 90s. You can't find footage. You can find pictures, but you can't find footage of the game. So Jerry and I were talking, and apparently there was somebody that was maybe on staff or maybe was a player at the time who had uploaded a bunch of this material onto YouTube but was called by somebody. We'll call it somebody, but in my opinion, it was probably the university because we know how they are, and they were asked to take it all down. You can go find a bunch of stuff on on Southern Miss's history and all all the things that they've accomplished and how proud they are of their program. Can't find anything for us. Can't find anything. All these other universities and programs have figured out that you have to preserve history, you got to teach history if you want to keep these fans engaged and get new generations of fans. They've all figured it out, but we can't figure that out either. So we can't go find stuff that's archived to get jacked up about these old rivalries that we're renewing now. And, but, and then we still don't go out and educate our fans as a university. We don't go out and educate our fans about why it's important that we're playing them. So how the hell do you – you know, we, we make this comment about how we can't get anybody to Cajun field because the opponent is always weak. Well, Southern Miss is coming to town next, next year. Are we going to continue not to educate them about the past and why it's important to play Southern Miss? Because if we're not, we're not going to get 18,000. We're going to keep getting 18,000. We're not going to get the 25 to 30 that we should get. Because people don't know. You got to tell them. You can't just take it for granted.
6: I've been mad about it all day. It just amazes me that somebody's going to tell them to take it down, but they're not going to put up they don't use it on their own right. site. So we're just not going to have it. Right. You can't put it up, but we won't. So nobody can see it. Right. That
3: makes zero sense. It makes sense when you're talking about this university. I, I really got to say that. I'm not surprised by that in the least. I want to encourage anybody to get in to speak. If you have anything to say before we run. I know it is a work day. Big Nick's got to be at the airport.
2: 6.30.
3: Good time. <laughs> it just look, it, doubling down on the reason why we stay up later than the radio stations and the reason why we put out content more than the universities is because we care. We don't have enough people that care as much as we do. And not not we. I'm talking about everybody that is within the, the region review realm that care enough to watch and follow us and all these things. We need more, peop- more people that care like we do in order to keep this thing growing, uh, this thing meaning our fan base. And right now, we just don't have enough of them. So we got to find ways to continue to grow it. I mean, grassroots takes a long time, but it's probably the, the strongest bond that you make. So, somebody's got to do it, man. Yeah, somebody's got to do it. If we don't, who will? Mr. Jacob,
2: it's all yours, sir. Please. Go ahead, Jake.
3: Hey, you all hear me all right? Yes, sir.
4: Yeah, appreciate y'all covering it, as always. Um, don't really want to talk about the game, to be honest. I, I liked our discussion about being passionate and being passionate fans and showing up to games and things like that. And one of the things it reminded me of, and I'm not tr- trying to talk about Kansas too much, but something that they did for, like, all undergraduate. Freshman, and I was a first-year grad student when I w- went up there. But they had a traditions night where everybody went to all students, like first years or new students, were invited to the football stadium, and you learned the traditions of the school. Right? Like, learned what what do students do at football games when Ku gets a first down, when Ku scores a touchdown, and that was really interesting for me because I got to like really learn that stuff before the first football game kicked off, and I was able to participate as a fan, and then you see people come back as as alumni, and they do the same stuff that they did when they were students, but as I think about that, at the same time, I remember this was an issue when, uh, like, when I was a student at UL, I was fortunate enough to serve on SGA, and I got to have regular meetings with, like, Dr. Maggard and Nico, and uh, people on the athletic staff, but part of our issue is we don't have a lot of traditions for our school, like other than on-campus traditions that exist. Like we have the bricks and we have Dr. Stevens statue and we have uh, the pillars of progress and things like that. But as far as like game day traditions outside of tailgating, which is a normal thing across the country at any school, we don't have like traditions other than Louisiana first down whoop, whoop, you know, and
6: which I started you know, by the way.
4: Would say, say that again,
6: which I started, by the way.
4: Hey, shout out! To, shout out to you, Nick. Shout out to you. But I'm saying, like that, it, traditions are supposed to happen organically. So, like, shout out to you for like creating that. But we we don't have anything else to go on top of that.
3: Look, right. Look, and, I, and, it's, and it's, I hear you. I hear. I hear you. Football's been played at the school for hundred years. Baseball's been played at the school for. 40, what is i think it's a little over 48 years do you remember when it
6: started i think it's more than that but you're you're knocking on the door
3: anyway the point is it's half the, it's almost half the time and we've got tons of traditions in baseball that are grassroots uh, look at liberty they've been playing football for like 11 years they've got all kinds of traditions that they that sprung up and i'm not saying i'm not pointing it out to say that that it's impossible my point is is that we got to start somewhere and yeah, it's not do you, ideal do you to twenty twenty two. Do you think
4: it should be on the athletic department to just create traditions on their own, teach the students, and then have it rock and roll? Or do you think they should just wait for somebody like Nick, for example, who started the whoop whoop, wait for somebody to start something. Well and Nick started on, hopefully.
3: Nick started that as an employee of the university.
6: Shit. I started I started all of the UL baseball traditions like but but I'm not trying to take credit for starting him. I mean, Dan did the, the center field thing and I did the some of the other stuff. But the point is, like, how hard is it for just somebody, a spirit leader, somebody in the university to come up with okay, on first down, the the students do this. On second down, when we're on offense, the students do that or on defense, the students do that. I mean, it could be something stupid as putting your hands up in the air or or do it's but it it's just come up with it and do it and and tell the students hey this is our tradition and if you're just consistent with doing it over and over and over and over again it will it will take but somebody has at some point just to take the initiative to want to do it and and that's what's i think lacking is because you have so many different people in the administration coming and going every year, that there's no steady presence there to take it upon themselves to say, screw it. I'm going to come up with this. Here's what we're going to do. And we're going to tell everybody, like you said, Jacob, I think that's a great idea. Bring all the students together. If you bring a freshman class of students to Cajun Field and tell them to do this on first, second, and third down, they will not know if you started that tonight or 50 years ago. But if if you teach them to do it and tell them we do it and they show up and you don't kick them out of the game and you let them come to the games and sit where they're supposed to and cheer like they're supposed to, then it's going to work. But it seems like we just make things so freaking difficult for no reason. And, And so it just takes one person to make a difference. But as I said, there's just inconsistency on who that person's going to be. There's so much turnover, so many different hands in the pot that nobody wants to take the initiative. And then when somebody does, they kick the students out. So then that's a whole nother issue.
4: Yeah, I appreciate I mean, I appreciate the, the feedback and the talk for sure. I, I, and I agree. I agree. I just feel like when you get people invested into something and involved in something, they feel like they have ownership in that. Just like we do. We all feel like we have ownership. In, in Cajun Athletics, like we're huge fans, we're involved, we're invested. And we want to share that with others. And I feel like that is the easiest way. Like if you get them when they're freshmen and you have like that tradition at the and teach it like whatever it may be, their first time there, whether they show up to one football game or all the football games throughout their college career, they'll know what to do at those times. And it'll be a part of their, you know, their fandom. And they'll do it as alumni, and it'll continue. So, yeah,
3: yeah I, I agree with you. Uh, the thing I want to ask is that I've, I've, SGA was pitching that when I was in school. So the the question is, is why has it never been tried, or taken off, or been taken seriously? Does anybody know that? Anybody know why, or if it if it was tried? Or I'll give you a sarcastic answer, Josh.
4: Yeah, I, I mean the fee- the feedback that I got is that it, it should be organic, which I like agreed with. Perfect. To a certain extent, that's perfect. right. Like yes. you know, like that. It should it should be grassroots and come up, come up from from people themselves, not like an an administration down thing. Right.
3: Well, A and M um, has done pretty well with their fan base, and that was all orchestrated through the university. So it sounds right, like that's, somebody that's, just doesn't want to like do a extra work. That
4: has existed for like what the milkman. <laughs> hundreds of years
3: yeah yeah you're right but still they it 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 basically is what we're talking about they got the young ones in there and they did orientation and taught them how to cheer for the team yeah
4: well cool go Cajuns as always I right, we got we got what four games left got to win two to make a bowl game that's the, that's the goal that I'm setting for this for the team this year and uh I hope we get it done, and then on onto on to basketball, which I love, and I'm biased because I work for the basketball
3: team. So, well,
7: you're,
4: you're to gonna need
3: day. to check in for your weekly segment because no, no doubt, we'll be no pretty doubt. quiet around this mug. <laughs> All right, Jacob, thanks for checking in, man. Appreciate you. All right, anybody else? Please request. I
6: guess my yeah. question is, why does it have to be organic?
3: Like again, you know what that means. You know what you know. Does anybody want to know? What I think that means. They don't want to do it. So figure it out. Yes. It means you figure it out because I don't have time for it. I don't care enough to do it.
6: 18 year old freshman, not knowing what the hell I'm doing, starting stuff at UL that to this day, 22 years later is still happening just because I said, screw it. Let me try this. And you know what? Some of the stuff I tried didn't work. Some of it is still being done to this day. Dan McDonald, when he pressed that play button on the center field, guess what? Nobody did anything that first game. 40 games later, if you don't press that button right at the third out on that inning, people are screaming at you. Yes, But we don't even try.
3: Why do we not try? That drives me nuts. Well, yeah, like tradition, yeah, such tradition such as... I talk about this all the time. I'll let you go, Jerry. We talk about this all the time. We don't have enough shared energy at our games to have something organically happen. Not in football. Like, volleyball has a few things. Baseball has a ton of stuff. Softball has a ton of stuff. Um... Maybe tennis, but I haven't been to enough matches to know the difference. But like basketball and and, uh, football, no. There's not enough shared energy for everybody to get into it to where it's worth even doing. We built a damn bell and never ring it. That was a tradition, right? Let's build this
6: big bell tower and we never hear it. We We built a tradition
3: that never got used. Go ahead, Jerry.
5: I was going to say, Nick started some traditions like, you know, just to name a few. No, 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 Hey, no, 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 na, na And then, woohoo! And what's a few other And almost ones.
6: getting kicked out the Teague. That's another tradition I started. That's
5: another one. And then uh, <laughs> some of the music, the music, you know. No, a lot of traditions at the Teague. But you see, you kept doing it. It was it was persistent, right? It was consistent.
6: It. Uh, exactly. And, and
5: to be honest with you, like, I remember going to the games in the early 2000s, and you would, there would be certain music and certain cheers and a few fans would cheer back or chant back or clap to the song. And now it's, it's so stapled in the tradition of the Teague. Like you said, if you don't play it, people are like looking up at the press box going, Hey guys, what are you, what are you doing? Why are you not playing this song? But also too, like, when you do something like that, like what you did at the Teague, you gotta be consistent with it because if you change your mind after two or three times, Oh, it didn't work. So we're going to stop. Well, you're never going to have a tradition because there's no consistency there. I think, like for me, what I think of Cajun Field, I think if you want to get a tradition going, and I'm just throwing this out there, students, if you're listening, maybe you can try it. And I've said this before, how hard is it for each side of the stadium to yell rage raging Cajuns? Not necessarily the marching band, not the pride of Acadiana, like they go really fast and a, a natural cheer, like before the team takes the field. Have the cheerleaders one side rage in Cajuns or even in like after the first quarter. I don't know. Something natural. Something natural that's built amongst the fans. I don't know why that's – I don't know. I don't get why that's so difficult.
3: It's also like we can do better than that. That's to me so corny and easy. But it's corny and easy, but it's something, Josh. It's something.
5: It's something. And then that could build into something else
3: yeah maybe, like, but it could also get you cayenne, and that's the last thing I want
5: well, but not necessarily I mean again, that creates even if it's corny it creates an atmosphere it creates some some type of it creates energy it gets the fans involved and I'm not talking again i'm not I don't feel like it's not not that it's forced but something that the fans can do i I mean it does fan- to me though
3: and football you, it does.
5: You want fan participation, that's how you do it. I mean, you know, I, I remember it. I, I remember it at the at the baseball games during the regionals. They were doing the same thing, and it created an atmosphere. Softball does it all the time, too. Um, and I'm not just talking just a Raging Cajun chant. I'm just talking, like, a chant in general, something. Dude, I'm saying, I
6: remember Sherry Labama, freshman year in college, going to the student union, sitting in that little, they had this little theater thing with the stage, the first time I ever learned the fight song was when she taught she taught it to us and said, this is what we sing before every game. Here's the words. Let's sing it together. You're going to learn it. And it stuck with me that day. It, I guarantee you, if she says on first down, you, you jingle your keys like this, every single student would do it because that's what we're told we're doing. So again, not everything has to be organic. Just somebody has to take freaking control and say, this is what we do and teach people and it'll happen. Now, I, I like something. your idea. That's organic. And I think that could work. But again... I don't think we've been saying it for twenty years. It's got to be organic. Organic crap ain't happening. So we got it. Somebody got to take control.
5: I think. I think also, again, you have to have consistency. I can't stress that enough. If you do, and this is a tradition I'm not a fan of. My wife loves it, but where the kids go run out on the field, the the kid run. You did I it love for that. maybe you did it for two years, and you stopped doing it. Why? Why'd you stop doing it? It doesn't matter if you like it or not, but you tried starting that and you stopped. So, so now, now you gotta go. Now you gotta go to Plan B, and you gotta go find something else. That would what?
6: be like if we stopped letting the kids on Sundays go out on the field at the Teague. Right. Well, you,
3: for COVID, it happened and people were pissed. Right.
5: Well, but we brought it back. <laughs> but like now, COVID's COVID. I mean, I mean, COVID still exists, but it wasn't what it was three years ago, right? Go do it again. Get get the kids involved. Do something. Just do something. Something.
3: All right. Let's let's get final thoughts. End on a good note after a very horrid, no good, very bad day. Nick, we'll start with you. Good thought, final parting shot.
6: Um, <laughs> we still had a chance to win the game with two minutes. I mean, no matter how terrible that game, the first you know, three and a, a half quarters were. And and we ended up not pulling it off. Um, credit to the guys for not giving up like I wanted to do and and really making a game out of it. Like you said, Josh, that could be a testament to the, the Southern Miss defense and offense just getting bland after they took such a big lead. But, you know, after that that turnover by Southern Miss, we really had a chance to pull it off and we just couldn't get it done. So credit to the guys for that.
5: Yeah, look, Southern Miss came to play. They, they came to play. They were fired up. We were a step behind from the opening kickoff. Uh, couldn't take advantage of certain opportunities when we were able to take it. For example, that first interception couldn't score. Southern Miss, whenever they took advantage of of uh, our miscues, they, they ran with it and scored and got points on the board and jumped to a 24-point lead. That's what good teams find ways to do. Good teams find ways to win. Uh, to Nick's point, I'll give the Cajuns credit for fighting back down 24 and still making it a game. But then I go back to the fact that we should have never had to play catch up. If we would have taken care of business from the opening kickoff, we could have controlled our own destiny and possibly won this thing. But, you know, it's great to be playing Southern Miss again. Um, You know, I really enjoyed the banter to your point, Josh, with their fans, their fans are very knowledgeable. Their fans are very passionate. Uh, They want to see their program succeed and we need more of that in the sun belt. And I'm glad they're, they, were in addition i'm glad they're now a, a conference foe and again uh you know as nostalgic as i sounded earlier going into this this week or this game and how bad i wanted to beat them uh at least we know we get another chance next year not only do we get another chance they come to lafayette so this is going to be fun I, this is the beginning of something very special with southern miss uh we get to play them every year um look forward to playing them in baseball and every other sport as well and um yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast, and that's what makes that's what makes this conference so special. Now, uh, you have teams like Southern Miss that you're familiar with, and they only make the conference better, and they make our program better. You know, the better the competition, the more incentives it takes for us to to improve as a program as well. So, hopefully, Coach Des and his staff and his team turns this thing around. Uh, you really don't have much wiggle room. You play Troy next week. But you have a nine-day break. Team can regroup. Let's, uh, let's get back to the drawing board. Let's regroup, and let's get ready for Troy next Saturday.
3: I am glad that I had the flu so that I didn't have to drive home from Hattiesburg angry. That's the worst, especially on a Thursday night. But, no, in all seriousness, we look good tonight. Our uniforms were spectacular, as they always are when we wear those lids. Uh, so that's my positive thought for the day. Uh, shout out to Jordan Quibodo. I thought he was the most physical player for the Raging Cajuns tonight. He continues to be, and he's only getting better. It feels like he gets better. More, more playing times, more reps that he gets, it looks like he's getting better as, as a leader and uh, as a player for us. Ladies and gentlemen, if you like what we do here, please hit the subscribe button. It is always fun bringing you these post-game shows, especially when you're on the road back to Lafayette, uh, especially on a a really tough late night day game or weekday game. We get to drive home and be angry and there's nothing to listen to. And no podcast works out quite like the raise Your review podcast. So hit that subscribe button, like, share, rate, review, do all that stuff. Help us out. Really helps the pod out. Um, we will come back to you. I guess what do we have? Another mini bye week. Now we'll play in 10 days. Yep. And we'll be hosting the university of Troy. Troy oh, oh we're doing that.
6: Yes, we're doing that.
3: Oh, man. I'm still mad they put our wrong
6: name on their tickets, so they're Troy State.
3: What tickets? What uh,
6: A couple was... years ago on, on football or baseball, they put some stupid name for it, like Lafayette University or something,
3: and I'm still mad. Oh, Troy State, then it is. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Fair enough. All right, everybody. Uh, we'll do a preview at some point, and we might actually have a, a, a pop interview with some folks, uh, so stay tuned on that if you guys didn't see that message. But anyway, what well, was the tough one tonight? Back in Hannesburg, they're still on us for now, but that, uh, that'll change next year. Back at Cajun Field. Stay safe, drive safe, everybody be good. See you next week. Go Cajuns.